Welcome to the Editor's Note Comics Podcast. I think that this world, it needs men that are willing to make the hard call. Central Maine's best comics podcast, by default. Ain't no thing like me, except me. Here are your hosts, Zach and Jared. Matt's coming. No. When do we start? Hey, everyone. Welcome back. Oh, my gosh. That was really loud. Hi. Turn that microphone towards your face. It is at my face. It's a little high. It's, it's unidirectional. I'm very short. Well, you can't talk out of your forehead. Well, close enough. That's where every microphone I've ever had is. Hey, as you can tell, regular co-host Jared is uh, off. Let me know at the last minute that he was off. It's okay? No, it's fine. No, it is fine because, you know, here at this show, we make sure to reach our deadlines, uh, do things with consistent audio quality, and just put out a good product. Hi, everyone. I don't know. I don't know why we would say those things. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Hey, how's it going? Hi, everyone. <laughs> what? I'm Emily. I'm not Jared. I live here, too. But we do reach our deadlines here. Great. Here we are. On a consistent basis. I mean, sure, we take off Christmas, but beyond that, I mean, hey, this bad boy is here for you every single week consistently. Okay, cool. What are we going to talk about today? I don't know. Some tight editing. I can tell you that much. What else are we going to talk <laughs> about today? Your podcast sounds real boring right now. <laughs> I don't Guys, I actually started listening to a podcast this week. Um, I'm a little bit late. I'm like eight years late on it, but it's called Gilmore Guys. And it's these two guys that listen, that watch Gilmore Girls, and then they talk about it. It's very fun. Yeah, I'm, re- I'm real pandering right now. It's going to be the cleanest episode we've ever had. Fabulous. <laughs> You're all about it. Yeah, Jared's gone, but we're here. Uh, hey, we got all kinds of stuff to talk about this week, though. Time code's listed down below in a very efficient manner. We're going to be talking about the news of the week stream it screaming it streaming can't say the, the segment apparently sports reports uh because we are uh bond aficionados just watch the whole series we're talking about one of them oh my god we're talking about one of them there were some rough <laughs> ones guys the 80s were not a high point for the bond movies <laughs> and your questions i don't know if you love camp i guess they are guess so. terrible camp that was one of the met gala themes not that long ago do you remember that terrible camp no just camp that was the met gala theme oh no Anyway, Bond hasn't dealt with a Mel- Gallus since the bodies exhibit in Casino Royale in 2006. What up? I was going to say, I feel like many Bond actors have been at the Met Gala. Wait, Met Gala? No. Whatever. Something in the Met. It okay. wasn't Met Gala. It was bodies. The bodies exhibit was there. I remember that. At the Met? Well, I was living in the area at the time. <laughs> I remember. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> moving on all right whatever this is a time code to listen to five seconds from now where we talk about the news before we get started does anyone want to get out it's time for the news harley quinn season three is back baby yeah i heard you listening to the trailer yesterday and then that song got stuck in my head all day and then it finally got out of my head replaced by a different theme song is that pat benatar i don't know who does that song i don't know but it was in 10 things i hate about you (laughs) great and Jared's favorite movie where his girlfriend wrote him a list about the 10 things that she hated about him anyway (laughs) short uh, reminder in case you missed that episode anyway that's what i most associate it with unfortunately but no it's been stuck in my head since that trailer was watched in the background of my life one time it's probably not pat benatar probably it's not at all okay great (laughs) i don't know who it is but it's not pat benatar so one of them i definitely own the song do you oh yeah oh anyway um yeah have you seen the harley quinn show have you been in the vicinity when i've watched it yes 
Thoughts? Harley Quinn is voiced by Kaylee something. Kaylee Cuoco. Who was on Big Bang Theory, but before that, she was on Eight Simple Rules for Dating My Teenage Daughter. Is she crazy? I feel like she's crazy. I don't remember. I don't think so. I, I, feel, I think she might be insane. I don't remember. She also why. has another show called The Airplane, which is supposed to be good no, or something. The, it's like The Flight Attendant. Oh, she, The Flight Attendant. You're totally right. And I she just bought it up. purely based on the cover. Yeah, and, and but it's supposed to be good. The book. Well, I'm just saying, she bought it on... Um, Weird circumstances, she goes, ooh, I like that cover. Buy it. That's fine. Buy it to my production company or people who work with me. I don't remember. Anyway. There's a lot of specious stuff going on so far in this episode. Me going, I half remember this. Mm. Yeah, I was around for some of that show. Uh, I like a lot of what they're doing. Uh, I I enjoy a lot of the cast, clearly. And uh, this is a show that if you've li- been a longtime listener, I was not uh, turned on by like its original promos. I'm like, I don't care about this. Then I checked it out, and I love it. And uh, I love some of the imagery they're going with. I did see some, oh, let's say Batman 609. Pulling up my phone. Going to see if that cover matches up. You slapped Jared's phone away. I know that because I hear it from upstairs. I do slap his phone away. I can't reach you. Are your arms that long? Uh, They're very vascular. Look at how vascular my arms are. They're very long, though. Oh, it's not 609. Damn it. (laughs) Uh, that was worth it. Mm. Well, let's say 676 is way off. Way off? Sorry. You're normally much closer than that. <laughs> I thought you were going to be like, it was 611. I'd be like, ah. Oh. <laughs> the, whatever. There's some Batman RIP uh, Grant Morrison, Tony Daniel imagery in there. And as there was a story that came out last year that like the one note that the Harley Quinn show got was that um, Batman couldn't go down on Catwoman because heroes don't do that. The trailer does include Batman going down on Catwoman. So, you know, all taboos are broken. You guys didn't see it, but I rolled my eyes. So audible rolling of my eyes. Hey, heroes don't do that. That's what they said. But apparently they do now. After uh, the internet made fun of them. I've watched bits of of this show. It's fine. Ghostbusters, they're back, baby. They're after afterlife. Really? I I enjoyed that. that. I assume that's what we're going to call it, after afterlife. I hope they do. It's it's coming out next year. Is it going to have Paul Rudd in it? (laughs) He's uh, very charming. Basically, none of the cat. That's all they've announced is like it's coming out like the end of next year. So they got to start filming like immediately. So that's the question. Who's coming back? Probably the kids. What do they got going on? I mean, Finn Wolfhard seems to be popular, but. The mother is in The Gilded Age. She's one of the main characters. Remember that show that I started watching? No. So it's by the creator of Downton Abbey, Julian Fellows. And he has a, another show called The Gilded Age that has one of the sex in the city, Cynthia Nixon. And also, is she the redhead? Yes. Or is and she the no. brunette that's a runner? No, not that one. Okay, so the redhead. Yes. Okay. And it has the mother I from saw Sex and the City two in theaters. Well, aren't you fancy? It has the mother from Ghostbusters, and it has the other main character is Meryl Streep's daughter. My cousin Meryl Streep. Yeah, I'm gonna need to see documentation of that before there I is, believe that. There's legitimate documentation. That's then what, show me. That's what Ancestry.com is for to show that me and Meryl are cousins. Well, then show me. That's my mom. She has it. I don't okay. have it. She's one of my two celebrity relatives. It's her and Sam Adams. Well, one of them's is, alive. Wait, does he count as a celebrity? I don't think so. <laughs> sure, why not? Celebrity Sam Adams. Yeah, me and Meryl. What other news do you have? My familia. Uh, well, we're still talking about Harley Quinn. I oh, guess. sorry. Are we? No, we're talking about Ghostbusters. Yeah, we moved on to Ghostbusters. <laughs> Concise the show is. Yeah. Um, Yoda, you are not. I imagine Dan Aykroyd and Ernie Hudson are coming back. 
Bill Murray is the question. Well, do, they're fun. They should come back. Do we get Murray? That's yes. the real question. Oh, just because yes. you think he what should. What else is he doing? A lot of stuff. He's getting- Come show up for three days. He's getting- Do you know how much money he would get for showing up for three days? He's getting movies shut down for being inappropriate on set. That's what he's doing. I don't really know what you're talking about, but I believe you. But also, think about the amount of money that man would make for showing up for three days. Yeah. That well... is more money than you and I will see in- Ever? Yeah, he was talking about that the last time the last movie came out. He's like, people put this thing on, like, but I don't like Ghostbusters. Like, Ghostbusters put my kids through college, so I'm fine with Ghostbusters. Yeah, Ghostbusters is fun. Yeah, I I don't know. Um, I would say he is the least likely because you know I think he's super rich, but who knows? One never knows. I would say uh, Ackroyd and Ernie Hudson are a near guarantee. Bill Murray. I don't know. I liked him in the last one, but I would love to see more of like him and Sigourney Weaver. Like Dan Aykroyd was in Pearl Harbor. Yeah, you watch Pearl Harbor. Guys, it's summer vacation, so I have been watching the most random things. So one day, because I get up to make Zach smoothies at six in the morning, so he goes off to work with his smoothie, and then I sit down and watch a movie. So Kirby and I watched The Dog, dog, (laughs) and I watched Pearl Harbor. It's three hours of my life. I'd never seen it, but I just went to Pearl Harbor. I was like, oh, this feels topical. Dan Aykroyd's in it. Also, one, I could make my own smoothies. Two, you make them so I uh, am less likely to buy lunch in the middle of the day. Yes. Yes, I agree with all of those things. <laughs> True stories. What else happened this week? Oh, you ready to go to Broadway next year, baby? Yes, and, and I love baby, Broadway. And by baby, I mean you. Hey, baby. Baby. Mm, the faces you're making are the right faces. You ready to get down and go to Broadway? We'll buy some tickets, Will. Where do you want to go? Uh, Back to the Future. That sounds fun. That sounds like more fun than King Kong the Musical was. Yeah, that was questionable. <laughs> that, the animatronics were fantastic. Can you feel the what? Uh, oh, wonder, because it's the eighth wonder of the world. Can you feel the wonder? Do you feel the wonder? There's also no cast recording of that album uh, for good reason. <laughs> yeah, we're going to Broadway next year. That sounds fun. We're going to see Back to the Future. It's opening in England. And they're going to be including... Wait, so we get to go to the West End? No, they're Why do they're we... starting in the West End, and it's coming to Broadway next year. There's already trailers out. I'd rather go gonna... to the West End. Well, you know what? We're going to New York. I'm sorry that we have... I pick London. <laughs> We're going to the city. Every time I will pick London. And they're going to be including, like, Huey Lewis in the news. Like, that's going to be their, like, you know, skating on the... Skateboarding on the back of a pickup truck. It's the power of love. But... No. Can... We're doing... Back to the... We're going to Broadway next year. Mm. You offered me the West End and then you took it away. I only go for things that are pop culturally relevant. (laughs) I saw Mamma Mia there. It was very fun. Oh, guess what I wouldn't go to. It was so fun. Fuck ABBA. I can't. Oh my gosh. Keep going. No, no. You don't need to go down this rabbit hole. I hate ABBA so much. I'm glad that they all got divorced. I hate them. Okay. Can we move on? No, their personal lives. um, I get joy from them sucking. What else is on your paper? That you got some sort of weird grease on. <laughs> I did get some weird grease on this. I don't know how that happened. Uh, last bit of news. Chris Claremont is coming back to the X-Men, mostly because he is under contract from Marvel to not be able to work for anyone else. So he's been collecting a paycheck for years to not work for anyone. He was at a show that we went to one time. Yeah. But I mean, he does the occasional X-Men thing, but he is le- legitimately paid just to not work for anyone else. Well, that's kind of fun. That's his paycheck. I would like to be paid to not work for other people. I I would love that. That'd be my ideal job. Right? No, your ideal job is one of those where it's like house sitting on a tropical island for a year. <laughs> Don't call me. Yeah. 
But yeah, uh, Claremont is back. He's doing a Gambit series that's going to be involving uh, around Gambit's first appearance when he was hanging out with a a storm that was de-aged and they're doing thieving in Louisiana and the Shadow King is probably there. All of that sounds like a party. It's like the the 80s are back, baby. At least in this Claremont book. Hopefully not in the Bond franchise. (laughs) We'll get to that. Man that collects a check for uh, literally doing nothing. Good for him. He's the... That was a great gig if you can get it. He's mm, top five most important creators Marvel ever had, and they literally just pay him to not uh, work for the competition. Perfect. Sounds great. Yeah. He he has a great legacy and just gets checks now. Win-win for everybody. Can't blame him. I'd take that too. I mean, (laughs) yes, I guess I would take... um... Artistic talent. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, you haven't seen him draw. Or write. Do do you mean physically? Yeah, I mean physically. Okay, I thought you were saying like I can type stuff up. No, no, I meant physically handwrite things. Like you, have you seen his writing? You... Do, you, do you remember when he was writing articles? Fucking trash. Guys, the other day he was taking notes on something and he wrote a note and literally 10 seconds later he was like, I don't know what this says. That was like two weeks ago in the podcast, two or three weeks ago. I don't remember. Oh my gosh, it was so bad. <laughs> well, we're going to move on from there to... Weird Comics Facts. Yay! Here are some weird comic facts. Prepare accordingly. I'm gonna make some weird shit. It's pretty freaky, but it's safe. Hey, uh, we're doing James Bond this week, so it's not Weird Comics Facts. Welcome to week four of the segment that's um, kind of sputtered its way out. Oh, cool. But I'm coming at you with a number of Bond facts. Did you find these on IMDb? Because I usually look up them, up the Bond facts. Some of them I already knew. Some of them came from watching special features. As I said, we just have watched the entire series. Not quite yet. We still have Brosnan and... Yeah, but we've seen that already. We've watched that together. So we've seen them all. You haven't seen Never Say Never Again, and neither one of us have seen the 60s one. Right. The one, the Casino Royale. Yeah, we haven't seen that. And but you, it's and not you still, Casino Royale. And, and you still need to see Never Say Never Again, which we will watch. But I have other Bond facts. You ready for some Bond facts? I got four Bond facts. Sounds swell. Because I don't know the next time we're going to come back to Bond, so I just... Threw them all together. Yeah, through through some of my favorite Bond facts. Fact numero uno. So the the traditional opening of Bond, then there's a man walking across the screen. Yes. And then he shoots a gun barrel that bleeds for some reason. Yep. Doesn't make a lot of sense, but it does. But it does. The first three movies, it was not Sean Connery. I remember that fact as I was falling asleep one night. It was his stunt double, Ben Simmons. Wait, Bob Simmons, sorry. Wrong <laughs> thing. He <laughs> was his stunt double, ben. ben Simmons, who hasn't aged and got taller. He finally got off the bench. <laughs> uh, sorry, Bob Simmons. <laughs> we'll talk about Ben Simmons, not in the next segment, but basically everyone else. <laughs> yeah, Bob Simmons, uh, Connery's stunt double, they used it for the first three movies and <laughs> until they actually got Connery to do it. They just said it came together really fast, and then they just went, eh. Yeah, it's close. He's there. It's in shadow. It's fine. Hey, do you remember when James Bond had to run across like five crocodiles? I do remember this. I just yelled into the microphone, but I do remember it. I didn't write down the movie. <laughs> it's the first Roger Moore one, and it's when they're in Louisiana. Crap, and I gotta look it up. Mm, I almost had it. All the names bleed together to me. They do. Live and let die. Live and let die. 
I live and let down. I know the song. Oh, yeah. They fucking abuse the shit out of that. In the it's movie. one of the better songs. Yeah, I think it's the best song. It's not the best song. I think it probably is the best song. What about the Adele Skyfall song? That's pretty rocking, too. I love that one. Mm. I don't think Live Whatever. and Let Die so, is the best song. So in Live and Let Die, uh, James Bond has to run across numerous crocodiles. There's like five of them. And you would think, well, those are all fake. Just Because they don't need to be real. Like would, you just see their backs. Basically. Who would run across those crocodiles? Well, they're all real. And they were done by a man named Ross Katanga, who ran a crocodile farm where they filmed all of this. And he used to run it with his father, but his father was eaten and killed by one of them. And he would point it and goes, that's the one that got my daddy. But uh, clearly Roger Moore was not going to run across these crocodiles. So weird redneck Ross Katanga did it himself. And they did it in five takes. You can find this on the internet. It is wild. Guys, I was asleep when he was watching this because I'm asleep through most of the special features. So the next day he found it on YouTube and made me watch it. It's horrifying. His leg gets attacked by crocodiles so many times. It's nuts. He's also... Uh, he like falls in. He like straddles one at one point. He's also wearing uh, crocodile skin uh, shoes while he's doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Just as like a fuck you to the it's crocodiles. It's also such a quick thing. Like it's... It didn't have to be real. Nothing it's about it had to be real. All right. We're moving on. Next Bond fact for Weird Comics Facts. In the book from Russia with Love, you might remember the movie, it ends with a little old lady who's a lesbian, and I only bring that up because uh, Ian Fleming was severely homophobic, so a lot of his villains were gay. Oh. Do you remember her, though? Like she was. Oh, like, I totally remember her. She was like- She was doing little kicks. She was like doing the Elaine, yes. like little kicks from Seinfeld. Yeah, she had the little knife that came out of her shoe and- It had poison in it? Yes. But, I almost but, had her name, but I can't think of it. But the way it ends in the book is she clips him. And the book ends as a cliffhanger because he didn't know if he wanted to, Ian Fleming didn't know if he was going <laughs> to want to keep on writing James Bond books. That's kind of like the ending of the fifth book of A Song of Ice and Fire, the oh, yeah. Game of Thrones one. Yeah, maybe we'll get an- another one. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, it totally ends the same way that Jon Snow is like bleeding out and like turning into his dire wolf. And, and Caitlin Snow is a zombie. And dot, out, dot, dot, the book ends. Is. What? And. Uh, the mom was the name Caitlin. Caitlin. Yep. Yeah, she's choking out um Gwendolyn Christie's character. I can't remember her name. It starts with a B. She, she's like, I'm a zombie. Ah! It starts with a B. It wasn't in the show, so spoilers. Brienne. Brienne of Tarth. Yeah, there we go. We yeah, got she, there. she's getting choked out by a zombie, and uh, we haven't seen a sequel to that in eleven years or something. It's been more than that because I read them all when I lived in France, and they weren't new then. But yeah, so that was the end of um, From Russia With Love. She clips him. Yeah. <laughs> and also, yeah, uh, Ian Fleming, horrible homophobe. Okay. And did you, final Bond fact, in Casino Royale, the movie, not the book. Yes. There's a scene that began with a woman in orgasmic pleasure because uh, she was receiving oral from Daniel Craig, but they decided to cut that because heroes don't do that. They probably just decided to cut it because they have a PG-13 rating. It's not like, I don't think they were showing it explicitly. I don't know. The way you said it made it sound like they were. It just opened with her being like, hey, it's a good time. Gross. <laughs> okay, moving on. Are those your facts? <laughs> those are my those are my Bond facts. Yeah, uh, Casino Royale would not allow um, Bond to not be selfish. Okay, the only fun fact that you had was about the crocodiles. What about Bob? I guess Bob is fine. <laughs> Bob slash Ben. <laughs> All right, th- th- those are the weird comics facts. So from Bob Simmons to Ben, ben Simmons. Simmons. 
To be fair, I have zero Ben Simmons news. We're moving on to... <laughs> that was the best segue. Jared Sports Reports. It's literally the best segue you've ever done for one of these. He's running down the middle by the 50. He's at the 30. Bear tested. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. Oh, and they tackle him at the 40-yard line. It's time for another Jared Sports Report. All right, we got some basketball news and nothing but, unless you have something to contribute. The the NHL, uh, the Stanley Cup was won by a team <laughs> that was not the Bruins. <laughs> All right, what do we got? John Collins has accepted a buyout from the Houston Rockets. What, it's been like two and a half years since he played? I thought he's it was just, John Wall. It is John Wall. Why right? John Collins? I don't know, but guys, did you hear that? Did you all hear that? That I knew that? I, I guess I was thinking about a drink. Oh my gosh, your face right now. You're so humbled. I am. It's even on my paper. As yeah, John Wall? It, yeah, John Wall has uh, accepted a buyout. Uh, he was pouting for like two and a half years. How good is he anymore? He's going to the Clippers. Is he? Is that a thing? Did I miss that? Did I lie? I thought I he was getting the buyout so he could go to the Clippers. I just thought he got a buyout. I didn't know he was going to the Clippers. I think he wanted to go to the Clippers. I don't know. Guys, it's summer vacation. I don't do things anymore. <laughs> What good times. He is signing with the Clippers. Ha, look at me. All right. Look at you coming in with Jared Sports Reports. Um, we'll save that one. Uh, Russell Westbrook is using his player option to get like $47 million from the Lakers. That's so much <laughs> money. Why good for him. You? Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Uh, Bradley Beal has opted out of his player option, but he can re- he's likely going to re-sign with the Washington Wizards for uh, more money for a five-year Supermax deal. Good for him. Unsurprising. James Harden, this is the kind of the surprising one. Uh, he's opting out of his player option, is expected to re-sign with Philly, but for less money so they can be a contender. Oh, that's so nice of him. I love that. Do you remember those commercials that he used to do for State Farm? Yeah, when he was with Chris Paul. Yeah, and he had the big beard and they did the yes. thing on the wall with it. Yeah, that's so nice of him. I just don't think, I mean, he's never got a ring and I don't think he wants to be known as like, he doesn't want to be in that Barkley camp of like, you know, the guy that never got it. Yeah. No, I can imagine that. But good for him. That's, I mean, he has more money than he knows what to do with, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, he has generational wealth at this point, like multi-generational wealth. But good for him. And then last, uh, Danilo Gallinari going to the Spurs and DeJounte Murray going to Atlanta. Good for them. Good for everybody. Not what I was looking at. And then <laughs> this clown. This very rich clown. Who? Kyrie. Oh. There had been some stuff going back and forth that Kyrie, uh, they, they were in an impasse with the Nets about re-signing him and moving forward. And to be fair, they could still trade him. But Kyrie has decided to opt into his player option because he will get $37 million versus if he went to a team like the Lakers, he would get $6 million. And he put out this quote, Normal people keep the world going, but those who dare to be different lead us into tomorrow. I've made my decision to opt in. See you in the fall. Good for him. I would also choose. Yeah, you're not daring to be different. You're thirty-seven just daring... million dollars. Over <laughs> you're, six million. you're daring to take an extra thirty million dollars. Don't act like you're some like high thirty-one li- million dollars. <laughs> I would do that. Yeah. Oh, yes. Uh, what a man who dares to be different. He dares to be rich. What an intellectual. Mm, I don't know. He's probably. I would a... do the same thing. Yeah, he's probably gonna get traded. And uh, will <laughs> bury another franchise. But he's just such a clown. You can't not just be like, oh my God, everything he, maybe not everything. And Kyrie does do good things. He's made. Uh, Kyrie has done a ton of really good things. Yeah, he's made a lot of like charitable 
uh, donations. He's been a big supporter of the WNBA since kind of discovering his uh, Native American heritage. He's done a lot of good stuff there. Kyrie is a complicated person, but he's also a clown. Everybody is complicated. He definitely has this weird, like, holier than thou. I'm an intellectual, like, kind of like superior, like I have spectral thoughts and whatever. Like, he's he's just weird. He's super weird. Did you say that Jalen signed with Kanye's company? Isn't that old news? Yeah, Maybe I just didn't up. know that we talked about it. Like, you and I. We don't need to talk about this on uh, mics, but... Yeah, yeah uh, but I just... The silliness of, like, I'm a leader moving things forward. Like, no, you just wanted an extra 30 mil. And I don't blame you. I would also take an extra 30 mil. Like, you already got a ring. You have one of the greatest shots of all time. Yeah, take that 30 mil, but don't pretend like it's not like a money thing. That's silly. Are you also sad that we don't have an Olympics this summer? Because I am. I miss them. I'm sad I don't have an extra. I mean, if the Lakers wanted to sign me for six mil, I'd take it. Would you? (laughs) Yeah, I would. Huh. Fancy that. Now that they know, I'm sure they'll (laughs) sign you. I'll take a vet minimum. Why not? Great. All right. There's no other sports because we just basically watch basketball. We've been watching some of the Connecticut Suns games. Those are fun. To be fair, we watch football when it comes around. But yeah. All right. That's that for uh, Jared's sports reports. Thanks, Jared. We're going to move on from there to Screaming and Streaming. Miss Marvel. So you're saying the universe created a sitcom starring two Avengers? Nope. We're Screaming at Streaming. So let's not waste another minute. Settle in, sharpen your pencils, and check this out. I like Ms. Marvel. I like it. I like her more than I like the show. Is kind of now that we're. I think this is is it six or eight? I don't remember. I think it's, let's say six for the sake of argument. I like her more than I like the show. I like her a lot. I think that the show is so tonally different from everything else in a really oh, good way. I love totally. it. Totally. It's it, so I feel like they're trying to do more with that show than they have to do potentially in some of the other shows. Like the Loki show, the world was already established. I mean, they they made up the whole time thing in Mababi and all that. But like, they hey, didn't y'all. have to create the character of Loki while doing the show. If that makes any sense. Yeah, totally. I mean, there's no origin story. I mean, I mean, they let that character. We're using Loki as an example. They let him do a video montage to get up emotionally to where he needed to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or even the Hawkeye one, or or any of them. Have we had to? This is our first one where we're getting an origin story, right? All of the rest of them were established characters already in some form. Um, I mean, unless you want to say like the Kaylee Steinfeld version of Hawkeye. It's kind of an origin story for her. Yes, but Hawkeye himself is established and the world of New York at Christmas is already established too. Like we don't need to do a ton of other extra work during this. You're you're right, but no. Um... she can lean on an established world already. Haley Steinfeld. Yeah. Kate whatever her name Kate, is Kate Bishop right you have to say it like Elena oh okay is that who we were talking with yeah no it's really I, good to know that's my Russian oh that's so good too vodka wow potato what was that uh, uh, general oppression okay I think you've just started saying things in a staccato thinking that that is Russian yeah. it is not are you trying to think of another thing to say in a Russian accent or are you no it seems unpleasant there I don't want to go okay so moving back to Ms. Marvel then we go to Pakistan in this one we do. I like the, the we. I love the, the last colors episode, on this show. The, the the mom was there. We didn't like. It's like you have to come here, Kamala. <laughs> then we get on the plane. There's that dude. He's like in between the two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like well, one of the stuffed animals pretty tight. She's like, 
let's call a truce. <laughs> that guy in the middle is just like, I don't want to be here. <laughs> so I did like that scene. <laughs> I also like that scene. I also like that she brought her enormous sloth with her. <laughs> oh, fun times. Yeah. No, this show 100% is a show that I would watch with or without you. Um, I think one of my favorite scenes, and so this is a small thing, is because I just, you know, you know, remember um, Moon Knight. Moon Knight had to establish himself. Sorry, that's fair. You didn't even watch Moon Knight. You skipped no. that. No, you've seen every other Marvel thing. Because I was busy. I mean, oh, Jesus! You saw a good chunk of Agents of Shield, but you didn't see Moon. Because I was tutoring when you were watching it, and then I just didn't go back to it. I should. Maybe I will. Instead of Pearl Harbor, <laughs> I have such like a part vivid, two vivid memory of um. You know, when I was young, like going to like visit grandparents and like my parents just going through like through their cupboards and being like, this is old. Toss it. (laughs) (laughs) So watching that, I'm like, yeah, that feels familiar. Which is so funny because my grandparents all moved around so much. Like they always had new places. So my parents are by far the most stable ones on both sides of their families. Uh, But that just felt very real to me. It's like go to the grandparents, clean their crap out. That's (laughs) so funny. I remember that. Because to me, like, I don't know, my grandparents always had new stuff because they would be in new places. Oh, mine are all dead. Wow. Way to bring down the tone on this. (laughs) But Nani is not. She's just chilling. Having a bangle. I I enjoyed the part where they couldn't eat inside the restaurant because Kamala's wearing jeans. But my favorite part is how nobody stopped her before they left the house to be like, you can't wear jeans. I wonder if this is a negaband. Excuse me? It's a space thing. It's a cosmic thing in Marvel. It might be a negaband. I don't know. You don't know. might be one of Quasar's negabands. Is it? Are you trying to tell me that? I don't know what that means. I don't know if it's true or not. I'm just throwing out a theory. You're just saying words now that I don't understand. And that's okay. <laughs> I'm just saying nonsense. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's comics. It's all nonsense. I'm saying, yeah, it might be one of Quasar's negabands. Do you remember back in, or maybe it's from the Nega Man, that uh, Fantastic 408 issue that was a rework of uh, 103? You don't know. I don't know. No, I don't know. There was a lot of exposition in this episode. Before you, I didn't identify things as exposition, but now I do. Oh, I'm glad I've ruined things for you. But I didn't, I don't know. I didn't mind it that much. It was useful and necessary, and also Kamala needed it. It wasn't the awkward kind of like, how long have we been sisters? It was... Well, I... Like, I can understand, uh, well, I, I mean, not, like, in a personal, but, like, oh, you're with cousins that you haven't seen in, like, most of your life because they live on the other side of the world. Like, I can roll with that. Yes, definitely. And also, that was such a sad scene. It's, like, between, like, the the mother and the grandmother. She's like, you ran halfway across the world to get away from me. Oh, it was heartbreaking. Like, what, what a sad scene. I also was looking up, so the partition scene at the end, and I was looking up the partition very briefly, and just how heartbreaking that was, and the... And the number of people that were displaced and and killed and the pain and suffering that happened because of that moment do you know do you know what it was do you know what's going on no i know very little but apparently the show's going to tell me because so it's when the british government when they were leaving india and they decided to split india and pakistan up into separate countries and it's called the partition okay and they did it. That sounded I was, sound like to, I was very on board for that. It was, that was more of a acknowledgement. And according to Wikipedia, which it's Wikipedia, but they they tried to do it along religious lines or tried. I don't know how much trying was really involved. And it just tore families apart from these northern provinces that just like like you saw at the end where there was one 
person who was saying I'm too old to travel and just they were literally displacing people and moving them around with these completely man-made lines. I actually do find that kind of interesting. That the British government decided to do in 1947 when they were leaving, 1957. I do think it's interesting that the show is introducing like um, world history that I am certainly not familiar with and like including it into this very mainstream show. I do think that's... um, 47, that's right. I don't know. I like that they're doing that. It feels different. And also, like, it's introducing um, a different history of the world that is not certainly not covered uh, generally in mainstream media. So, yeah, I, I actually kind of like that they're doing that. And I will admit, like, total ignorance to it. Like, I don't really know anything about it. So it's anyway, I find this show so much more compelling because of all those extra pieces versus something like I like, I, I don't know, it, it, I, go, I go back and forth on certain scenes like I don't need a. 10 minute scene around a bonfire like i don't give a shit but she was trying new foods and hanging out with new people she was making friends in pakistan this show is certainly more plotting than usually what you're used to and i i didn't appreciate there was like a you know big old punch up at the end and i like that her costume is being like developed over time although i feel like we're not going to get the full version until like the last five minutes of the show of course we aren't when do we ever get the full version of anything before the last five minutes despite like all the promotional images showing her in her full costume i mean she'll get there in the end we all know that it'll it'll be for low uh, one last punch up and she'll be in her full costume but um, yeah, I like this one more than I did last week. I s- still feel like the show is moving a little slowly, but also here's the thing. Like I'm not that interested in high school based shows. Just, you know, I've, I've, it's been a while since I've been in high school and some of my favorite uh, stories have clearly been, um, uh, high school female based shows like uh, Gilmore girls. It's not the one I was going to go with, but <laughs> sure. But like, often compared at least. But I mean, I also like I wasn't for the same reason I wasn't really that into like Spider-Man Homecoming. Like I don't really care about high school stories at my age. And that's fine. You like, sound ancient. Yeah, I am. But if that's your thing, then totally go for it. Embrace it. It's, and there's a million billion Marvel shows and movies at this point that are like more aimed at, um, I don't know, let's say white guys in their uh, 30s, which seems to be their primary demographic, which I am a part of. Are you? Mm. Huh. I, on the other hand, love teenage-based shows and would watch this entirely without even the punching. I want the punching. I know you do. Um, yeah, I, I think this is better than last week. I think... So we're four in. I've enjoyed three out of four. So we're, you know, 75% of the way there. I've enjoyed all of them. There we go. And uh, now I want there to be crossovers, but not just in the Marvel universe, like... Oh, with well, other I was gonna say, there's going to be like her next thing, and she's in the Marvels with. Um, is that a movie or a show? Movie with Captain Marvel and Monica Rambeau, and when Ms. is that Marvel. coming out? I don't know. Next year, two years. What's my next movie after Thor? Oh my god, I don't remember. <laughs> How do you not remember? You because there's so things. many. There's so many. Do you remember? Do you remember when you used to try to stay up really late and buy tickets at like midnight or whenever they went on sale online on your phone? Do you remember those days? That sounds like something I would do. Hmm. Do you remember the Star Wars night? What's after? Oh my god, like three hours trying to get those. It was more than that. Tickets. It was more than that. Um, I think Black Panther is after Thor. Okay. I think. All right. Well. It, um, or maybe Secret Invasion. The TV show is up before that. I'm not mm-hmm. looking this up. That's fine. So many. Like it, it's basically all stop, nonstop Marvel and Star Wars at this point. I really liked Obi Wan. Ms. Marvel is much more fun than Obi Wan. <laughs> Yeah, but you don't go 
running around the house saying Miss Marvel quotes. Hello there. Hello there. That's all you do. Now you just run around the house, running back like up and down the hallway going, hello there. That's all you do now. <laughs> it doesn't help that our niece can only say two words, or she can say more than that, but she mostly just says, hi, in this like creepy little whisper. So now you just run around the house going, hello there. And then she can also say dog. So she goes, hi, dog. Hello there. Which is also all that I say, so. All right, that's that. We're going to move on uh, in this comic book show. It's really a pop culture show. And boy, do we have our finger on the pulse, because we're going to be talking. An old Bond movie. A view to a kill. That was my Duran Duran. Duran Duran. Okay, so number one. Hey, we, no. we need a space. We need a space for the theme. Now might be a really good time for you to get angry. That's my secret. I'm always angry. It's time for an Editor's Note podcast review. Duran Duran. Okay, number one, not a great song, but it's by Duran Duran. You know what's crazy, though? The title sequence is this so is, 80s, it hurts. This is the only Bond theme song to reach number one in the charts. Mm, the only one. Disagree with that. We. I also like that we both don't like the song. And even when it happened, you were going, who is this? Who's this David Bowie ripoff? And then it was like, oh, it's Duran Duran. Was I wrong? No. Yeah, no, they are a David Bowie ripoff. And they just have that one song. They suck beyond that one song. There's so much neon in this title sequence. I cannot describe to you the amount of neon. They're hungry like the view to a kill. A view to a kill also doesn't make sense. Certainly not in context. I mean, this whole movie doesn't make sense. My God. God. So, so we, as previously mentioned, we have now watched every James Bond movie. We are aficionados. We're we're the greatest experts you're ever gonna get on Bond. No one's ever we are not. No one's ever done more Bond than us, except for Cubby Broccoli. Um, <laughs> did you just? I know like, a lot about Cubby now. <laughs> do you like watching uh, your feminism die? Watching these movies, like oh that one Lord. time that uh, Sean Connery slapped that masseuse's ass to make her go away and go man talk. Um, that. Or that time he was went, not as egregious as everything happening in the Timothy Dalton ones. Or that w- time he was like, "Why do Asian women taste different?" Oh, that was bad. <laughs> I forgot about that one. Yeah, there's a lot of bad that uh, uh, Connery says, but we're not talking Connery. <laughs> we're talking Roger Moore, who is charming and kind of goofy, and as his movies have gone on, has gotten more charming and more goofy. Uh, worse, I think the term is worse. They've they've gotten worse over time. When he started out, his first, he did seven Bond movies. The first one was Live and Let Die. I live and let die. Boy, they use that theme a lot. Did I say that already? You did. They say that. They use that theme so much in that movie, more than any other Bond movie. They're like, Almost hey. Almost as much as you talk about it on the show. Like McCartney, we got him. So uh, let's use it constantly. Except for that time that um, Sean Connery was like, what was the line? He was like, um, something, something should be done. For as much as like the Beatles should be listened to without like earphones on, like or earmuffs. I don't know. You that was not a good whatever summary uh, of whatever quote you were trying to come up they with. They made a disp- Connery made a disparaging comment about listening to the Beatles. Oh uh, well, whatever. <laughs> and then McCartney's like, "Live and let die." But that was a Roger bang, Moore. So Roger bang. Moore did seven James Bond movies, and at the end, how old was he? Uh, fifty-seven, I think. Fifty-seven, and he looked like a leather handbag. Yeah, I. I actually kind of enjoyed Roger Moore as James Bond I, at the beginning, and then- He's so camp, which is It gets more camp. He gets more camp as we go. Basically, he did seven, and he was fine until he did Moonraker, and then it was all downhill. So the last three are not ideal. The first four are good. No, the fourth one was Moonraker. The last four are- whatever one is after Moonraker and before Octopussy. Uh, is there one? I think so. 
Uh-huh. There probably is. You're probably right. You're making me look things up. Sorry. I can't, like, we watched them in such quick succession, I cannot remember. And all the, the names the sound name so similar. Except for A View to a Kill, because that's terrible. Okay, yeah. So Moonraker was awful. For Your Eyes Only was fine. And then there was Octopussy and A View to a Kill. Okay. So yeah, after uh, after Moonraker, For Your Eyes Only was okay. But then Octopussy is um, terrible and A View to a Kill is much worse. Oh my gosh, it was How so bad. How do you get worse than Octopussy? So. What do you have there? That's my little Octopussy. Okay, that's not the one we're talking about, though. That <laughs> That's a line that happened. It was a fake tattoo of an octopus, just so we're clear <laughs> what we're talking about. <laughs> Um, oh, but Lord. that is a direct quote from the movie. I am sad to say. From, so, yeah. so a quick synopsis of this particular film: How? A View to a Kill. How is there a quick synopsis? This movie is so long and it's so confusing, and the villain has um, the villain is so... a very young Christopher Walken. <laughs> he has so many different who had already won an who had already won an Oscar at this point. So good for Christopher Walken. No, no, we're going all the way back to the cold open. Bond is uh, finding a microchip on a dead double O agent. Is he? Did you forget this? We just Wait, watched this. No. Yeah, he finds that corpse in the snow and he's. Oh, oh, and then the skiing and then the skiing and then the. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah. I forgot that that's what that one was. All the cold opens so often don't have anything to do with the rest of the movie. I mix them up and don't think they associate with the movie. So uh, Roger Moore Bond, who, by the way, did all of his scenes in Pinewood. And if you see uh, someone actually moving in this cold open, it's not him, which is so clear because he's ancient. Yes. But the (laughs) steals a microchip from a dead double O agent. And then skis away. Yep. And gets shot at a bunch and skis blow up. Yes, and he ends up skiing just on his feet. Well, he's on one ski. On one foot. And then he ties a rope around a guy who's on some kind of snowmobile that crashes. There's one of the skis that are available, and he turns it into a snowboard. No, it's not a ski that's available. It's a piece of the crash. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like one of the skis from the snowmobile. Oh, Oh, okay, that's what it is, yeah. And then he starts to snowboard, and... He like invents the sport of snowboarding yeah, at the same he time. Uh, he's very into so fun. Hardcore sports, much like uh, Casino Royale introduced you to parkour. This introduced you to snowboarding in the second most awkward musical transition ever. I think the first one is in Doctor No, when they just do three. Bl- like, how's the whole series of James Bond open? Three blind mice. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> but this one, so Bond um, introduces snowboarding to the world. And they play a cover of the Beach Boys, <laughs> Surfing USA. And it is because so jarring. on the snow. It's so jarring. It's so funny. It though. pulls you out so hard. Like <laughs> Because he's also not out of danger at this point when they start playing the Beach Boys. He's I'll... still being shot at and still trying to snowboard on a ski from a snow machine. Like, it's it, a hot mess. It's so clearly not Roger Moore. In no way is it Roger Moore. It's also not even the Beach Boys. It's a cover. They went with a cheap version. It's not good. It's so deeply jarring. He escapes in an iceberg that has uh, the British flag on it. That's a secret ship with another agent. Presses a button. A bed comes up. Mm. Pulls her over. They have sex. And he puts it on autopilot while they're just. She's also not a double O agent. She's like a Russian agent. Oh, yeah, because um, he has a tiny backpack with him that just has caviar and a bottle of vodka. <laughs> because I guess what else does one need? 
So, oh my god, it's, what the fuck was in that bag? It's just a ton of caviar and a bottle of vodka, and there's a random bed that pops up that also has boat controls on it, and then he puts it on autopilot around a bunch of icebergs. So the real on-location <laughs> filming for these things happened at two very different places. Well, three, because uh, he was not a part of any of this. Okay, so the boat part is happening in a lake in Iceland. That's where all the glaciers were where all the icebergs were and then the other part was filmed switzerland switzerland yeah i was gonna say switzerland well, thank god we just watched these special features the other night yeah i was like oh that's cool because they don't those two pieces at least seem to go together not the weird bed that pops up out of nowhere this no, weird but that's circular james, bed that's very james bondy did q include that it's like you know what you Probably. need a circular bed with boat controls it could have been <laughs> in case you bring a ton of caviar oh and gosh. a bottle of vodka it wasn't this one that they did the zooming in was it no it was the it was a different movie when q's showing all of his fun gadgets and he shows james one of the cameras and he starts zooming in on boobs? one of the yeah <laughs> no this was one of the technicians the... <laughs> boobs cleavage no, this wasn't that one. But whatever. So James um, gets this information about microchips. And uh, then we diverge into an hour that doesn't affect the plot. But we found out that Cubby Broccoli was really into horse racing. And so it's all about horse racing. It's just an hour about horse racing. And about um, a horse that was drugged. But we never really go back to that. We do. Because he it was in the ankle. Do you not remember the, the surgical ankle? No. <laughs> okay. Great. I was... I. Might have fallen asleep for that moment. So we go to a full hour about horse racing that's done by Christopher Walken, who plays a guy named Zorin. And also who the, plays it very straight, too. The, the movie also opens with, like, Zorin is not associated with any other name, which is very weird. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird moment. And he has Grace Jones as his assistant slash lover. And oh my, do I have Grace Jones facts for you. Her name is Mayday, which is a... Uh, not a good Bond in, name. In the movie, her name is Mayday. Yeah, I mean, it's no Holly Goodhead. It's a lot better, you're right. <laughs> but uh, Christopher Walken Zorin, who, um, his speech pattern's like, he's so weird. And I mean, clearly everyone's heard walk and talk, but this one, I <laughs> feel like- walk and talk. He says everything in one breath. That's yeah. what makes him weird in this one. Like, if he says something to anyone, it's all one exhale. Mm-hmm. Like there's no break, there's no nothing. He's just he has to say it all in one breath, and <laughs> it's so bizarre. But he has a million uh, different things going on. Number one, let's just uh, spoiler: uh, he's a genetic result from a Nazi scientist slash veterinarian slash human genome experimenter yeah. who just uh, like put weird horse adrenaline into his mother. Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> Sure, let's just get a Nazi scientist slash veterinarian in there. That's normal. Mm-hmm. Bond uh, wants to find out why Zorin, for some reason, uh, wins all these horse races. I don't really understand why they care about this. So he, he goes undercover and his, did you write down his name? Oh my God. Uh, Sinjin Smythe. But that's how they just say it in Britain. It's St. John. Oh, I know. Oh, do you know that? Yeah. Am I just the uncultured one? I don't know. I've watched a lot of British things in my life. Yes. Sinjin Smythe. James Sinjin Smythe. James St. John Smythe. Smythe. Because I think it's just St. John Smith. And he's there with um, another MI6 agent uh, who was on the Avengers TV series, who, to be fair, is one of my favorite parts of this movie. This really shitty, terrible movie, Tibbets. Oh, I love Tibbets. He was his chauffeur. 
yeah, we, where he's a horse aficionado, but he pretends that he's uh, James Bond's chauffeur driving Cubby Broccoli's actual car. Yes, and and then they kill off Tibbets. I and know, that so was fast. I'm like, oh. Heartbreaking. Actually, they don't kill off Tibbets. Grace Jones kills off Tibbets. Like, well, there goes the... I mean, he was she one kills of the more a lot of people in enjoyable this. part of the movie. I love Tibbets. I oh, know. I'm I'm still ready with my Grace Jones facts. Okay. What <laughs> get, else do you have for get, me? Get ready for that. Whatever. Um, they find out that these horses, uh, Bond and Tibbets, are being injected with microchips in their ankles that release adrenaline, so they're not actually being drugged. And also, Zorin uh, has geological things, and his real thing is he wants to control the microchip he industry. Has oils. So he needs to destroy Silicon Valley so that he can control the microchip industry. That's his like big ultimate goal. So he has a bunch of different ways of destroying Silicon Valley through uh, blowing up the the fault line yeah. that it's on and that San Francisco's on. So uh, Roger, this is not my thing. This is Roger Ebert. He put out a thing in his review. He's like, so to be clear, like this Bond villain is going to destroy the San Andreas fault to uh, kill all the people in Silicon Valley, except they're not the manufacturers. Those are your customers. That's not what a Bond villain would do. <laughs> and to be fair, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. Bond villains tend to be over the top, to be fair. What year did this one come out in? 1980? One of them. Five. Let's just say five. five. Uh, we also get introduced uh, while Bond is pretending to to be a buyer of horses, that uh, hour-long plot that goes nowhere and doesn't affect anything else, where he meets Tanya Roberts, uh, actress Tanya Roberts. We're not going to refer to her by name because her name was like Flex or something, which wasn't a great name either. You can call her Charlie's Angel Tanya Roberts. Or that 70s show Tanya Roberts. No. I Which, like to be fair, uh, she plays an idiot in that show, and it works. Well, there you go. And I will... I'm throwing down the hammer. Second worst Bond girl of all time. Really? Second worst. Her delivery... Really? Well, I mean, most of the early ones were all dubbed. Yes. For because... a long time, because they were mostly like foreign a uh, actresses who um, were... Just beautiful, so... Beautiful, but uh, didn't speak English. Yes. But Tawny Roberts is not dubbed, and her delivery on almost everything is so flat. Like, the second the first two lines were out of her mouth when we were watching, I just went, oh, no. <laughs> like, it's real bad. <laughs> She's awful. Well, yeah. It's not maybe her best moment. I mean, the only Bond girl. She's very lovely, though. She's better than Christmas Jones. She's better than Denise Richards as Christmas Jones, nuclear physicist whose name was definitely worked backwards from a pun. Well, we will have to see that one when we get to it soon. Oh, my God. That... We have to finish out the series. We've seen those movies before. I know, but we have to watch them again. You have to do the whole rewatch. You can't just stop after <sighs> Timothy Dalton. I don't, don't want to watch Denise Richards. Well, you don't have I mean, to. they're trying to convince me that she's a nuclear physicist. I'm not convinced that she could huff paint properly. Wow. She's that bad. So Tanya Roberts is in this one though, and she is also supposed to be an undercover agent. Well, no, no, she's not. She's. I thought she was. No, she's just the daughter of an oil tycoon, and we're supposed to feel bad about this rich family. Oh, I thought that was her cover. I thought she was actually an undercover no. agent. No, that's her whole thing. She's just a spoiled brat. Oh, clearly I paid attention, guys. <laughs> There's a lot happening in this movie. To be fair, it doesn't make any sense, we and not from... a lot of it is tied together. So, yeah, no. also we've watched a lot of Bond movies. And then they have to go to America to deal with a geologist. Who... Yeah, they have to go to San Francisco to try to figure out why. Or no, because they figure out that um, 
Zorin is trying to pump seawater into the fault line to make it explode. And so we have to go to San Francisco to try to stop him. Well, that geologist dies. Yeah. Oh, we didn't mention that um, there's a extended butterfly scene where they're trying to figure out if Zorin's the villain. And Grace Jones um, just hits a guy with a random butterfly from this butterfly show and he dies. Yeah. And then she runs up the Eiffel Tower and dives off and gets onto a boat, which in real life, they had multiple stuntmen ready to do this thing. And one of them jumped off the, uh, the Eiffel Tower. It was like this whole logistical thing with like the... The city and yeah, the mayor. With, with and the government and Getting the all the permissions. And, and this uh, one guy did it, um, doubling for Grace Jones, who had been a stuntman on a ton of Bond movies. And uh, he did it and they went, you know what? That went perfect. We don't need to do another take. There's no reason to take another risk. We got it. But there was a backup jumper who, and, was, who was kind of put off because he had done like months of training. And he was only, so the first jumper could only jump one time and then they would have to use the second jumper for a second take because it took too long to get like his parachute yeah. folded back up, whatever. So so he was like ready to go to jump, like they had done months of training and like math and all this other stuff to jump <laughs> off the Eiffel Tower. Well, they did. There was, there was no, a, I know, I know. But you were like, and the math. Yeah, fucking math. But this other dude was like, oh, I didn't get to do this. So he thought if I go up really early in the morning and I can just do it, no one will know the difference. But he didn't know the production was also coming up very early in the morning. So he jumped off the Eiffel Tower. Directly in front of the director. <laughs> yeah, in front of the entire production crew. Did the jump. And then um, there's a whole like big hubbub with the city and they had to fire him on the spot like, no, you just can't jump off the Eiffel Tower with a parachute. Oh my gosh. And but the weirdest part was so this is all in these behind the scenes documentaries happening, right? They got the actual stuntman who did this jump to come and be in the interview. And it is so weird. And the head stuntman, the one that did the first jump, he was like, Yeah, I felt really bad having to fire him. And I felt worse because I couldn't hire him on any other Bond film ever. So his career just died in that moment. Yeah. And the guy was like, yeah, probably wasn't a good move. What? All right. So you're ready for some How Grace? How would you ever think that is a good move? You're ready for some Grace Jones facts or really the one that I'm coming in with? I heard one on your commentary thing that she was, there's a scene where they have all these like electrical popping noises. Is this oh. your fact? Oh, no. This is much better. Okay. So they had all these electrical popping noises underwater and she and Roger Moore are swimming away before she blows herself up. Before she blows herself up. And they put in these popping noises because they wanted to put in, they wanted it to look like electrical currents were running through. Anyway, they were fine. But Grace Jones didn't actually know that. So she screams her way through this scene because she thought that it was real the entire time and she was going to get electrocuted. They just didn't tell her that it was fake. And the poor, poor woman, they're just letting her just scream herself. is bad. So... <laughs> I, this was not on the dvd special features so apparently uh roger moore and grace jones did not overly get along on set they seem to have very opposite personalities and everybody's um, like very effusive about how much they love roger moore grace and they were like grace jones had a big personality so i was watching this uh interview and grace jones uses the term goosing like uh roger moore had a history of goosing people that he was acting with unclear what goosing means i don't like that I don't, I don't know what that means. 
Um, well, I mean, Roger Moore. Pro- he generally he seems very beloved. Yeah, I mean, comparatively, I mean, Sean Connery got um, is known for beating his wife versus Roger Moore is known for his wife beating him. So you know, different guys. Wow. But uh, there's a scene which makes no sense in the context of the movie. Zorin, Christopher Walken, and Grace Jones Mayday are trying to find that like Bond has actually been like sneaking around, and they find Bond like in Christopher Walken was like trying to make out with her, and she was kind of wasn't having it and then um she runs up into her room and finds bond and betty's like oh i thought you were here to whatever me like take care of me or something and then also the next morning um christopher walken asks him um if he got any sleep he goes yeah i got off eventually gross terrible pun. so bad <laughs> it's so bad worst pun of the movie and that's saying something. <clears throat> but it's, it's so the scene is so strange because they're like, oh, we're going to kill this guy. And then she finds him naked in bed. And then they just have sex. And she doesn't kill him. So also the, very confusing. So the scene itself doesn't make any sense. But apparently um, she was told that, you know, he likes to goose people. Whatever that means. Again, not my term. Are you going to tell me what this means at the end? No, I don't know what goosing means. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have an answer to goosing. I thought this is a spoiler but, alert. But I do have this. And... um. You can find video of her talking about this, uh, where she basically says going into the scene that um she was told this and she decided that she was going to get him first. So they go into this the sex scene where she's supposed to take off of her robe. But before that, she went down to the prop department and she found a massive uh, black and white dildo. Why is that in the prop department? I don't know. And she was uh, able to uh, configure it into a strap on. Great. So when like Roger Moore's like, oh, I hear you're here to take care of me. So she took off her robe and just had this massive dildo attached to her and like dove into bed. <laughs> How do you find these things? <laughs> because it's amazing. Uh, so that was just her goosing him. We didn't even talk about the Zeppelin blowing up. There's a lot of airships in this. <laughs> there are a lot of airships. So many. And they found an actual airship that was like buzzing around over San Francisco Harbor. And so they just changed the Zoran logo to look like the logo on the actual airship. And they were like, we're just going to use footage of that one up there. You don't think the dildo thing is as funny as I do. I think it's so weird. Everything <laughs> is so weird. I oh really. My God. Oh just, my gosh. The, just goosing them. The worst part of this movie, I think, actually, was at one point Grace Jones and Christopher Walken are looking out the window of the airship. Oh, and just he goes, this and, is a, it's a view to a kill. No, no, no. She goes, Crest. what a great view. And he goes, to a kill. It was the worst. <laughs> it doesn't even make sense. I hate it so much. I hated that. Yeah, and then um, he falls off the Golden Gate bridge but apparently the reason like so if you see like tanya roberts did well in the elevator scene though yeah hang there hang there and be afraid hang there and be afraid of the fire that's actually around you yeah what an actor second worst bond girl anyway continue with your story i thought christmas only came once a year they worked backwards from that so that's awful what are your other thoughts on this movie should people see this? The answer is no. No. <laughs> Definitely no. He's so old. If you're looking for He a, can't move. If you're looking for a solid Roger oh, Moore film, there's I a robot dog at the end that watches him banging Tanya Roberts because apparently about the robot dog. <laughs> yeah, because Q is apparently just recording Bond bang oh, that's not good. with a robot dog. <laughs> oh gosh. If you're looking for a better Roger Moore movie, I recommend Live and Let Die. That uh, was a solid one. The first three. Yep. Whatever one came after Moonraker. But I'll <laughs> be honest, forgotten. I almost had it. It's fine. More is 
it's all cornball. I mean, there's that time he's a clown. There's that time a pigeon does a double take. (laughs) (laughs) But, but overall, okay. So Sean Connery is iconic. Um, his later ones also go a little off the rails. Well, it's also, I mean, the Roger Moore ones are still pretty bad, but they're not as, this is also on a scale. They are not as deeply sexist. No, no. He is generally a more charming and more likable person. I mean, there's none of that, like, but there's sl- a lot slap more... of that masseuse on the ass man talk. There's a lot more wink-wink, nudge-nudge to the camera. He's very camp. He is. So then Timothy Dalton is not, well, and is much darker. It's confusing. And I'm enjoying it much less. He's he's tonally all over the place, because there's, like, he'll, like, beat the shit out of you and kill you, and, like, it's going to be a bloody death, or, like, you're going to get your leg bitten off by a shark. But and then it ma- actually gets bitten off by a shark. But then maybe you're going to go down a mountainside with a cello and yell at customs we have nothing to declare it's very tonally inconsistent that was also not great yeah i liked her she was good yeah i liked that she had an actual thing that she was a cellist and she was like a legit cellist cellist. that was her thing a cello um going down a hill gonna get shot sometimes does that affect the sound probably probably but we're still gonna play it yeah we have nothing to declare That that was a weird line yes there's a lot of weird lines in bond um, yeah, but I'm excited to get to Goldeneye again. Yeah, I like that one. And then I'm excited to get to Casino Royale. <laughs> Not the other three Brosnans. You're like, fuck them. I mean, I'll watch <laughs> to, them. To, to I've watched fair. them before. I'll watch them again. Tomorrow Never Dies. Live Another Day. No. <sighs> Live and Let Die. No, we just... That's the... That's Live and Let Die was the one that was in between those two. No, that's way earlier. That's Roger Moore. We have to watch Die Another Day. And Tomorrow Never Dies. Uh, which I might actually kill myself over. Oh my gosh, don't be so dramatic. I don't want to hear that Madonna song again. Then go somewhere else while it plays. <sighs> <laughs> okay, so on a scale of Bond movies. Uh, this is one of the worst. This is not a high point. The, the plot. We didn't even talk about like the oil thing that much and... We didn't even talk about that the actual Zord city ha- hall of San Francisco was burned. Like, they burned the actual city hall oh, yeah, of San Francisco. R- yeah, that's right. They set a city hall on fire and Bond, uh, being the hero that he is, uh, hijacks a fire truck and takes it away from the fire. Yes. Yep. <laughs> what a hero. Yep. Yeah. And they told everybody in city who worked at city hall to make sure to close your windows so the water doesn't get in over the weekend while they film this. But everybody seemed to really enjoy filming at in San Francisco, so that's a good, I guess. Roger Moore is just ancient in this, and he can barely so he, he can barely move. And he's the one who's like, "Guys, I can't be Bond anymore. This is getting ridiculous." When I'm older than the mother of the women I'm sleeping with in the mo- movie, I'm too old. We all agree, but he seems very nice. He just ate. I mean, I, I said a leather handbag already. Boy, he ate like. The sun got to him. Yeah, I mean, dried he's him almost out. 60 by the time it ends, too. Well, he's dead now. The interesting part is that Daniel Craig is not that much younger than him at the end of his Bond tenure, but he does look a lot better. <laughs> Apparently he believed in sunscreen. <laughs> Weird. Uh, all right, this is... Any uh, final thoughts? No, this is running long. Okay, cool. Do you have a letter for me? I do. It's one you can even answer. Really? All right, we're going to move on from there to letters to the editors. Now for my favorite part of the show. What did I say? Talk to the audience. Oh, God, this is always dead. Here's another one of your letters to the editors. Not a bad movie. 
Do tell. Um, I, I did for like 20 minutes. Why is Tanya Roberts so bad in this? She was also brought up in Gilmore Girls this week for me. So there you go. Uh, bad movie. Uh, one of the worst. W- worse than Moonraker. Worse than Octopussy. Yeah. Yes. Not as bad as Die Another Day. Wow. hate that movie. Poor Pierce. <laughs> All right, what do we got going on? Uh, if you want to ask us your own questions, uh, usually there's a, another host here. Sometimes we get a fill-in. Hello. Hey. <laughs> it's so creepy when she does it, but she's like 10 months old, so. Oh, there you go. Send your questions into editorsnotecomics at gmail.com. Will do. Mm-hmm. This week's question, who is your favorite Ninja Turtle and why? Oh, I can answer this question. I thought this would be a good one for you. Guys, I know a lot about the Ninja Turtles now. This is a legitimate question. It was sent to the email. I can show it to you. Prove mm. it. Not going to show you. I can. I believe you. You don't need to prove it. No, I will now. I did not ask you to do that, but that's fine. You can still do that. This is very difficult. Oh, I'm sorry. The question is, which Ninja Turtle is best and which is your favorite? I oh, lied. not the same. Mm-hmm. Well, there. It's right there. See? So, I like Mikey because he's based off of Steve and also... <laughs> To be clear. He seems very fun. Michelangelo is based off of um, friend of the show, friend of ours, Steve Levine. Yeah. And this is like a legitimate thing. This is not just me making this up. Yeah. And I like Steve, so I like Mikey. A few of them are based off of people. There's really only one that doesn't have- Donnie. Kind of- No. Who's Donnie? Pete. I do like Donnie. I like Donnie and Mikey the best. Uh, Raph is kind of the Kevin approximation. Leonardo is the only one that doesn't really have He's any... He's like the amalgam. Yeah, he, he doesn't have a one-to-one kind of like real-life counterpart. The best. Best is hard. He's probably the best. But I like either Donnie because he's clever and uses his brain in a lot of situations. And also his long reach makes him a good player on the Ninja Turtles games. <laughs> it's true. Uh, if I were to go with best, I would probably go with Leonardo because he, I think, has been in the the highest highs of the series. Like his micro series when he's fighting off the Foot Clan and everyone else is getting like Christmas together in that juxtaposition and just like uh, scenes that you saw kind of replicated in the 1990 movie. Him just fighting everyone off is kind of insane and it's very high tension. And then also you get um, kind of their second uh, final fight with Treader and just him decapitating him and there's just that like one white line across his throat when it happens before the head falls off so I think Leonardo gets like the highest high points so he's probably the best uh, favorite I think would probably go to Michelangelo just because I think the character is has the depending on who's writing him is the most well-rounded like, he, like he's a guy who wants to be a writer he wants to get into other things other than just what they're doing and doesn't have um necessarily like one personality trait versus the rest of them are kind of like oh we're just this one thing like it's the angry one it's the smart one it's the leader michelangelo has the most well-rounded stuff again depending who's writing him he also could just come off as a moron yelling cowabunga but that's if, fun if, too if, um no nah, less so but he certainly also seems to have like the most compassion of everyone else. And I, I think he's the most well-rounded character. So he'd probably be my favorite versus best. Okay. Well, there you go. Again, you can also just write him as a moron and then he's annoying. Thanks for listening, friends. If you want to rate, review, and subscribe. <laughs> oh, the confidence. You can find Jared at Junior Rich on Twitter. No one cares about him. You can find you at Editor's Note on Twitter. Comics. Editors not comics. Is that really what it is? Yeah. Oh. 
Um, <laughs> you can join our Patreon and pay us a dollar a month to get the show a day early on the same day we record it, or they record it, or somebody records it. Mm, somebody has to do some editing. And we would appreciate that very much so. Write in your questions. Say hi. Welcome back, Jared, next week. Did I miss anything? Nah. All right. Thanks for listening. Uh, next week, um, the, the it's got to be prom- Captain America. No, I gave him that Batman book. I read it like two weeks ago. I can't keep it in my head for that long. It's Batman. Batman. <laughs> I'm not. I read it and I passed it off to him. I took my notes down and I, I just I need to do it so I don't forget Batman. about it. All right. Uh, next week, Batman. We'll be back. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.